0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Randy Couture. If you're out there looking for a great sports podcast, go check out Big Mouth Small Words. What up, guys? It's Joshua Say, and I just want to give a shout-out to the Big Mouth Small Words podcast in Boston. Thank you guys for your dedication and support. Go Pats. Hey, it's Big Jim from 98.5 The Sports Hub, and I love listening to Big Mouth Small Words. Check them out at Big Mouth Small Words podcast. Big Mouth Small Words sports talk. We back, baby. Another episode. Let's go. Let's go, indeed. Welcome once again to Big Mouth Small Words Podcast, the most must-hear podcast for all things sports. (laughs) And uh, this is celebratory. We can actually celebrate. Happy Monday, okay? we're in Boston and things are starting to kind of open up a little bit. Okay. A little bit of sunshine. It's nice outside. And uh, we did a contest. That's right. We did a contest, the $200 MMA giveaway. And for those of you that were checking in, which I appreciate on at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast Instagram, it was a good night. (laughs) For every fight I got wrong, I did a shot. I tried to be in depth. I tried to let you guys know what was happening, but also have a little bit of fun with it. The contest didn't start so great. Um, <laughs> so I'll recap some of the fights really quick. So it started off with uh, Miguel Beza versus Matt Brown. There were 14 people in the contest, and 12 of them went Matt Brown. Matt Brown rocks Beza. It looks good. And then he gets knocked out. <laughs> and it's rough because I'm like, wow, 12 people are eliminated. It comes down to two. So halfway through the contest, Just to go ahead real quick, we ended up, I changed the rules and I gave people a second chance and Leah and Ian Oliver both got five wins and I split the $200 so they both got $100 apiece. So, congratulations. Congratulations to you guys. You won. That is a victory. Victory. Oh, yeah. So, finally, money Exited my bank account. It flew away. Went to you guys. I'm glad that somebody finally won. To go over these fights very quickly, Matt Brown needs to retire. He uh, he has no head movement. He was just getting. He still got his power, but he cannot get out of the way of any shots. If uh, if he had anything left, he would he would have killed Beza, but he didn't. Then you had uh, Song Yudong versus Marlon Vera. Wow. Um Another decision that, not great, man. Marlon Vera pretty much tuned him up the whole time, and uh, Song Dong ended up getting the decision. It was very, very risky. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was the right call. I thought Vera won that one. You had Eric Anders versus Jotko. Jotko wins. That was fine. It was another decision, but it was... You don't want to leave it in the hands of them sometimes because they don't always get it right. As a matter of fact, most of the time they get it wrong. Then you had Edson Barboza versus Dan Ige. I think they got that one right. Um, Yet another decision, which was rough. This card was riddled with decisions. Uh, That one was close, but... I understood that this one, the, the oh man, Angela Hill. I thought she was all hype. I looked at her. I'm like twelve and seven record. I mean, I know she fights a lot, but I, I just didn't see a lot from her game. She fought one of the best fights. This one also went to decision, but she had a lot of action. She fought uh, Claudia Godella, and she beat the crap out of her. Godella is ranked six in the world, and she wasn't ranked. And Hill deserved that win. The only good thing that came out of Claudia winning is that it, it advanced the contestants and brought it down to the end for Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. And obviously, Walt Harris went through some things. His stepdaughter um, died, and it sucks for him. And just the fact that he showed up and fought is a testament to what kind of a man and how strong that guy is. He hurt Overeem in the first round. And he he just didn't, he, he went for it too fast. With a guy like Overeem, he does, he's not what he used to be, but he just, for one night, he can figure it out. As The Undertaker was saying on his documentary, he may not be as good as he once was, but for one day, he can be as good as he ever was. And that's what Overeem did. He weathered the storm, he got hurt, but then he threw a head kick, hurt him, got him down, and Overeem finishes the fight gives contestant winners. So, those fights were fine. Uh, All in all, we all have to kind of look at Dana White and applaud him because, in a way, this was history because this is a pandemic that we're in. This is big time. This is not a joke, and he, not only did he have the fights, he had an actual fighter test positive, and he kept going. He kept going for it, and this is going to help for the rest of the sports to start to figure it out. I mean, NASCAR's back, golf's back. There's actual sports happening. It gives you a little bit of hope that we're going to kind of try to get back to being normal. And uh, so I got to I gotta applaud Dana White. You did a good job. You figured it out, and I respect you for that. And I'm excited for the, the cards that might come out of this. Joe Rogan actually talked on his podcast about obviously the biggest fight was Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, which was the last event and, or the last pay-per-view event. And they talked about potentially there being a way that they were going to try to get Khabib versus Gaethje. And on the same card have Tony Ferguson versus McGregor. (laughs) Oh, that would be, that would be great. So I really hope that happens. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Big thing here though is John Jones has been talking a lot of crap about Francis Ngannou. For those of you that don't know Ngannou, he is like the equivalent of a Mack truck 18-wheeler driving into anything. It's usually going to win. (laughs) So, John Jones, don't get me wrong. The guy is a beast. I hate him as a person. I think he's a pile of trash as a person. But as a fighter, he's one of the best. But John... Make no mistake about it. You've always been a heavyweight and you've always cut weight to get to light heavyweight. And you always fight guys that are smaller than you. That's why you do it. You have the longest reach. You're bigger. You can use your distance. That's why you do it. Let's not play games here, Jones. Let's just call it like it is. There's a reason that you blocked me on Twitter and you blocked me on Instagram, and it's because I wasn't just spitting crap at you, getting you upset. I wasn't just saying stupid shit. I was giving you the facts and you didn't like it, or the guy that runs your pages didn't like it and didn't want to hear the truth, because the truth is there are divisions for a reason. Who are the guys that gave you problems? The last guy you fought, he was your size. Alexander Gustafson, he was your size, and you could barely get by those guys. Do you want to know what Francis Ngannou is? Bigger than you. Want to know what Francis Ngannou is? Stronger than you. John Jones, when you go into a fight, you're going in there to win by any means. Like You'll be fine with a submission. you would be fine with a decision. You're fine with all those things. Francis Ngannou is going in there to destroy whoever he fights. That's different than you, man. You're not ready for that. You need to go and do some crack and do some stupid crap that you always do. You need to go away and go on a bender and just forget about this crazy crap. Because if you fight Francis Ngannou, you are signing off on your first loss. And that's me letting you know legit, 100%. Big mouth, small words tells you right now, if Francis Ngannou fights John Jones Francis Ngannou is putting him in a body bag. It's over. So that's my MMA talk. (laughs) Sorry, I got a little fired up there. But uh, you know what else we're going to talk about here too real quick? Hockey. Hockey. We have not talked about hockey in a long time, and it's been long enough, and I'm excited. Do you know why I am excited? Because Gary Bettman started talking about an NHL bracket about a 24-team playoff. And people, we need this. Oh, do we ever need this. Now, to explain some of this to you guys, because I've been reading up on this a lot and trying to figure out everything so that I can better explain to you how I think this is all going to go. So, from what I have read with TVA Sports and multiple outlets have said, they are saying that a proposed structure would be about 24 teams into four divisional groups for a round-robin-style first round. So, you'd obviously have your Atlantic division, you'd have the Metropolitan division, you'd have the Central division, and you'd have the Pacific division. Okay? Now, what that means is under the proposal, the teams would play five games in nine days. They would go against their divisional opponents the NHL would then use a percentage of the points accumulated in the round-robin portion and the regular season to seed the playoffs. Now, with, just really quick to explain to you, because I know mostly it's Bruins fans on here, the Bruins would have to go 0-5 and another the Lightning would have to go 5-0 and for us to lose the first seed. It's not going to happen. So most likely we're going to stay where we're at. What that would mean is regardless, the top two teams are going to receive a bye. So then the number three to six seeds in each division would then play a best of three series to determine which teams would advance to the standard regular 16-team format, which would be played as normal. So I don't hate it. A lot of people are not happy about lesser teams getting in, but... With them rewarding the teams that are at the top, I don't see a problem with it. I don't mind it. I like the idea. I'm into it. Um, But let me just say, in general, like none of us really know for sure exactly how all of this is going to work and what exact formula and what they're going to do. We don't know yet, but I will tell you what I think I do know. From what I've read... The league plans to use four arenas in four cities for the playoffs. The teams are not going to be allowed to play in their home arenas. Not that that matters with no crowd, but a city is also going to be chosen, obviously to hold the conference finals and the Stanley cup finals. No games are likely to take place at least until July as of now. And the NHL is planning a three week training camp. So hopefully they can bang this out get that the five games under their belt, and then they can get it going, man. I mean, this would be so exciting. It's really, if we could get a culmination to this season of hockey, it would be so freaking awesome. (laughs) It would be so great. And then I know a lot of people are hating, but like hockey this far into the year is like, Damn, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be summer and we're going to be watching hockey. Oh my God. It gets me so fired up. I love the thought of it and uh, hopefully the Bruins can figure it out and get it going. So we talked about the UFC fight night. We talked about the $200 MMA giveaway, which you guys did great. Thank you for the participation. There's going to be more money at stake. There's going to be a lot more to come. What I would advise and like everyone to do is to go to youtube go to big mouth small words podcast and hit subscribe because there's going to be more money on the line there's going to be more events there's just going to be a lot of things coming especially as football season is upon us and especially as the nhl playoffs are going to come because i'm going to be doing something for the nhl playoffs you best believe that but for right now i'm still in quarantine a lot of people are and i gotta pay the bills And the only way for me to do that now is to have you listen to this advertisement. So, here we go. I was so disappointed in my performance. They should have just played the package and called it a day. There's the searing pain running down my leg. That was me saying goodbye. He wasn't there and he knew in his heart that it wasn't there. The process became, I'll give you an answer after I've working out for a few weeks, seeing how my hip does. I need redemption. Now, we're back. And what you just heard was chapter two, the promo of chapter two, which aired on Sunday last night of the Undertaker's documentary series. It's a five part series. I told you guys briefly about it before I told you to check it out. Whether you did or not, I'm going to talk about it because I think it is warranted. And I got to tell you, this documentary is actually kind of hard for me to watch. Uh, Not just for him, but seeing the man that he was. Um, As some of you know, I'm not going to get too... um, raw about this but my father passed away a few years ago and he was just one of those stubborn irishmen that would not give up and no matter what i remember being in the hospital and them telling him like you don't you have a month to live and he laughed like <laughs> that's not happening and he went to work every day with chemo bag and everything. And he gave it everything he had until he couldn't anymore. And he survived three years off of just being stubborn and tough. Just his attitude alone got him through a lot. And I'm watching this undertaker documentary and I'm seeing him going through all these things. And some of the mannerisms, just some of the things, just nothing put this dude down, you know, in the first season, or the first episode, The Undertaker is talking about retirement. He's talking about his fear of people looking at him like he can't do what he used to do. And in the match that he ended up having in 2017, in the first episode, he was horrible. He had hip problems, back problems. Anything that could go wrong was wrong with his body. And he went through the match and it took him eight months to re-watch that match because he knew in his heart he didn't think he did enough. And once he rewatched it, he said, I can't go down like that. I'm not going to let this be the end of me. And it's, it's crazy because everyone, obviously, that's a wrestling fan looks at it and you think everything is just fake. It's just all fake, which it, to a point it is. But that man has gone through so much and it's i think the best thing about this documentary is by the end of all of it the fans are going to stop chanting undertaker because they we all are ready for it to be over and i think he needs to hear it from us <laughs> i think he needs to hear it that it's over and that it's okay and and hang it up um but we're not there yet we're not there yet we're only through uh, episodes 1 and 2 so as i said he has the roman reigns match it doesn't work out it takes him 8 months to watch it he uh he rededicates himself he says screw it i need redemption and he man this documentary shows them drilling into his hip shows him doing all these things and and like watching him train in 90 degree heat and He drops 35 pounds and he's doing everything he can. And the craziest part about that match that he ended up happening uh, the New Orleans the next year in New Orleans. Vince didn't even know that The Undertaker was going to fight until like a month and a half before the WrestleMania, which is nuts. Because as fans, you think they're joking like you think that they're trying to work you. But in a way, they didn't even know. That match was either gonna happen or it wasn't gonna happen, but even Vince didn't know. And man, seeing Vince's Wow, when he when Vince McMahon talks about The Undertaker, it's crazy. You know, he just loves him. That unconditional, just raw love that you don't see a lot, and it's it's amazing to watch. He can't even talk about him without crying every time that they see each other. It's like an emotional moment. It's like a, a dad and a son. It it really is like crazier. Like when you, when you find something like that, you tend to hold on to it. And obviously Vince feels the way he does about him because a, the undertaker has been on top forever and he's made him a lot of money. And B because in the mid nineties, when WCW and WWF, it wasn't even E back then, but when they were at war, a lot of Vince's top guys left him. The Undertaker was the one guy he knew he didn't have to worry about. The Undertaker was going to stay there no matter what. And that's actually what Sting was for WCW. Those two guys, there was no amount of money in the world that was going to waver their loyalty. And that's another thing with my dad that I look at this, this documentary and it just, wow, it, ke- it keeps bringing me back to that. Because there's there's things with The Undertaker in the hospital, joking with the nurses, his mannerisms, the way he talks about, uh, just the way, the way that you, you don't see. Like, we've been watching The Undertaker for 20 years and, and more than that, and you don't get to see him joke. You don't get to see him be like a person, and it's crazy. Like, imagine having to play a character for 20-plus years, and it's not even you. But you have to play that because that's who you've become. How do you let that go? How do you stop that? It's nuts. And not just that, but Edge, a former wrestler, said it best when he said, you know, you looked at Brett Favre, right? Is he as good as he used to be? No. But then he makes that throw. And it's like a 40-yard bomb touchdown in the back of the end zone and you say, you know... He still can throw that pass. Can he do it every time? No, but it's it's there still. How do you know when it's over? And in an industry that's not, this isn't the UFC. I mean, they can choose for The Undertaker to win until he's 95. (laughs) But it's just, it is crazy to watch what he puts himself through in that second episode to see the surgery. To see all the obstacles that he overcame. And by the way, kudos to his wife, Michelle McCool. She stood by him through everything. And hilariously in the documentary, he said the moment that he knew she was the one was she threw a 35-yard spiral pass <laughs> with a football. And, and that was all he needed, which is hilarious. It's cool, man. It's cool to, to see the real, to see Mark Calloway, to see the man behind the mask of The Undertaker, and you, like, especially me being a wrestling fan, you watch it and it's, it's rough because you know what's going to happen next. Cause you've already lived it and you see all that he's already gone through. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is only 2018. It's 2020. He was still wrestling. How's he going to get through this? Like you're watching it and you, it's like watching a train wreck. You're watching it and you're like, oh my God, I wish you just retired. Like after the Cena match in New Orleans, I wish you just hung it up, man. And I, you have nothing left to prove. You don't need to prove anything. And uh, But you know what? To bring it back to my dad, they were cut from the same cloth. They were going to go. If they had a job to do, they were going to do it. They weren't going to make excuses. It's it's about doing right by... the. Basically, you have your word, and that's it. Your word is your bond. If they told you they were gonna do something, they were gonna do it, whether it was a hundred percent right or a hundred they were gonna do it, and they bolt straight they both stayed true to that man and it really is something, and they don't build people like that anymore. they really don't, and it is something to watch so watch the documentary, please. <laughs> it is it granted it's sad but it's also refreshing to see a person i know a lot of people watch it and they're like what an idiot i don't i look at it and go what what an individual what a human what a human being what a person that sacrificed that much it meant that much to them to go through that and to be that for so long crazy yeah so (laughs) so that's it that's that's my thought on the uh, undertaker situation i'm going to end it and not do a football segment because this isn't just a football podcast we did mma we talked hockey we talked undertaker wwe and you know, eventually, if they ever, um, I would like to talk to you about basketball at some point in my life, but I don't, they have not made any strides. I don't have any info on that. So for now, you get nothing from there. But as I always say, and I will continue to, all the love and support is appreciated. Thank you so much. There are new opportunities on the horizon. So. If you can keep supporting me, I promise you, there's going to be a lot more than a $200 giveaway if we can keep going the way that we're going. We're moving up. We need to keep moving up. We need to keep going, keep grinding, keep getting it. So follow at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast on Instagram. Go to the YouTube. Subscribe. You're going to want to. It's only going to benefit you. And make sure through all of this, as you are liking and sharing, make sure you stay safe. Share the Facebook, share the Instagram, share the YouTube and share the love. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Stay safe.